Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to the robotics and AI community in Australia. Today, my guest is Dr. Fatma Alwidan. Fatma is a passionate educator and she is currently the director of student teams, FSA Electric Car, FSAE Autonomous Car, the Rover Project and the UTS Rocketry Project. Fatma has a PhD in transportation, passenger behavior. Fatma, welcome. And I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Nisit, for having me today. I really appreciate the chance to have a chat with you. Oh, listen, it's, it's my honor. I've been chasing you for a while, but you've got such a super hectic schedule that um, and if anyone follows Fatma on LinkedIn, and if you not do so immediately, you will see she is always out in the field, busy with her students and um, just super engaged. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up doing a PhD in transportation. Uh, I, I like the academia from my early age. I had my bachelor and master degree in engineering from the University of Science and Technology in Jordan in 2007. Then I taught there for in the mechanical and mechatronic school for seven years. In 2014, I was looking for a new challenge. This is my personality. So I applied for PhD and I got a scholarship from UTS. Simply my scholarship was funded by Sydney Train to discover the principle that pedestrians use to select their route by adding sensors in the platform to follow the pedestrian trajectories. This was the first experience real life project for me. And this was under the amazing professor Nathan Kirchner. He was one of my best mentors who left a great influence on me in, my, in both my professional and personal life. I'm delighted to hear you mention Dr. Nathan Kirchner because he's of course on the board of Robotics Australia group, which I know I'm heading up. So I can't think of a better plug to even give him. I didn't know that. So we'll, we'll buzz him when we release this podcast to let him know. And I'm sure he'll be absolutely delighted. He's actually influenced so many people that I, um, when I mention his name, that he's had such a huge influence on. So um, what an accolade to him. I, I will not be grateful enough to him all my life. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. I'm actually seeing him tomorrow, so I'm going to mention this to him. Yes, my, you say no, to him. I will. I will definitely. Now with autonomous vehicles now coming invading our space, and I'm, I'm meaning like delivery autonomous vehicles that are more and more going to become part of the landscape. Do you think you would have approached your PhD a little bit different had that been um, at the time or was it already there for you? The same approach based on the nature of a project, you follow the same strategy and the same approach, but with a different technique. You know, I have the ideas, I have the vision, I have the real data that can uh, inspire my student who can drive the technology and make a positive impact. Because the technology and innovation are built by the multidisciplinary team. It's not about individual, but you need to ignite them to move or work on the real life projects and execute these projects. As I mentioned at the start of our conversation, whenever I go on LinkedIn, like you're all over the page, you're always traveling somewhere with your team. 
tell us about like a typical week for you. Are you are you lecturing? How do you manage your diary and how do you fit all of this in? So hectic, busy week. <laughs> Not ending. <laughs> Working all the time with the student. Uh, the student they have different schedule than you as adult. And all the time, sometimes the ideas come to their mind on the night time and they text me. I need to reply because if I don't reply, I will lose them. Uh, I'm so busy. It's not easy to manage, but I have a big support from my faculty, from the dean, from the, my great colleagues. Every time if I have a class or lecture, I can manage with them and they can cover me. It's, it's, they are great, great colleagues. Sounds like you, it's not just one person raising a child, it's a village. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally in the academia space. So tell us a little bit about the University of Technology, Sydney's rocketry team, and what is the work that they do? We start, we initiated this project in 2018. And the idea of forming, for forming the UTS rocketry team came from one of our best students. He was amazing. His name is Pavlos Hanna with two other students who is Jason Ha and Jonathan. They are, they, they are passionate about the rockets in general. They, they already do, do this uh, rocket design as a hobby. And I, I like to call them the team founder. Then we start, they come, they come with their idea to me. In that time, the space sector was is still on the first step of growing in Australia. And they, they don't have any launch site to try their test. So we faced a lot of challenge to get this idea to public. We have a lot of res restriction. We need to follow safety, health, a lot of matters. We need to under uh, to uh, to uh, take it in consideration before we start. Rocket science is an interesting topic for students, but the technology is a bit risky for students who don't know about about the idea and the knowledge or have experience. Uh, we take this idea on the executive level. We, we talk with our vice chancellor. We talk about our dean, uh, former dean, the amazing guy, Ian Burnett. And they fully believe on us and they support us. From that, we get, we get the fund, we get everything to make it done and start building the rocket. It's an amazing story. So you mentioned that you could, didn't have a launch pad initially. So where do you launch from now? Now or before? Uh, well, before and now. So take us a little bit through the journey. Yeah, before before we don't we don't have that much uh, uh, opportunity for launch site. We launch on a and a place is nine hours from Sydney called Berg. It's a big farm because they are, we followed the Tripoli and the New South Wales Rocketry Association. They have a restriction, and before they got the student certificate to allow them to launch rocket, they have L one, L two, L three, low power rocket, high power rocket, medium power rocket. They, they depend on the altitude and the motor they use for logic rocket. Um, we have uh, um, maybe monthly, depend on, we have a month, the first Saturday from each month on Woolen, 45 minutes from New South Wales. This one for low power rocket. And any student, he wanted to get the high certificate for low power, like we talk about altitude maximum 800. They can go every monthly one. We have the medium and high power rocket, we go to Mulali. Mulali is under uh, New South Wales Rocketry Association. And we have organizer people there to review the design and make tests before they allow students to launch. 
so typically um, your students in the rocketry team, how far would they be in the education process at the university? They start from the first year, second year, third year. We have we have all the years. Depend. We have like when they be students and they join join the teams. I start to call them like engineer. I wanted to give them a title to be responsible about the the project they work on. I like them to own their project. So once they join the team, I start call them engineers. I give them a specific sections to work on. Depend payload, telemetry, whatever section to cover on the team. Then, then uh, they they have another team. They've been on the senior level. Then they have a junior level in, from the first year. So the junior student they supervise the senior the senior student they supervise the junior student. Listen, I think it's fantastic because there's nothing um, like studying and being engaged immediately. That you you've got visible results of the work that you're doing, and you go. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I like I like the way from a student to listen to themselves. The student, they like to have a knowledge transfer between themselves. Sometimes they don't like to hear from the lecturer, but they, they like to hear from uh, another student on his fourth year or sixth year on, or uh, his third year. This depends. It just makes your job easy, actually. Yeah, yeah, delegation, delegation. <laughs> <laughs> delegation is <great. laughs> you, you're smart, but that's without a doubt. So you're going to the United States for the Spaceport America Cup. Tell us about this. It's, 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 this year, it was an amazing year for us. We we applied for it at the beginning of the year, and this is the first time to go for international competitions because we, uh, inside Australia, we don't have any competition. We have a testing field within under New South Wales Association, Rocketry. But uh, the team was prepared for 10,000 feet altitude, and we apply, uh, we, we submit all the documentation from the last year. And it, it's amazing year we accepted, we got the approval for them, and we need to run the testing. That why, that why on the last two months, you see a very active team because we need to go down to Mulali to keep testing the our blue tank. We call the rocket blue tank. And this is inspired from the Australian nature. <laughs> so we'll go. Now I was about to say congratulations. I mean, it's a fantastic accolade to you and the team um, that you're able to go there. How do you fund this? From the faculty, they are so generous. They just, so they pay everything. They never questioning any expenses. I, if I was younger, I would come and I would join the university. I think it's just <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Our, so, our, yes, our vice chancellor Andrew Buffett and our formal uh, dean Ian Burnett and our existing dean Michael Blumenstein, they are amazing people. They love to support our young engineer. It's amazing. They never say no to them. And even they have a continuous meeting with them. They do seminars. They come down to the workshop. They talk with them. They wanted to raise a very young engineer for, for the industry or academic sector. And all the time they show a good example, a role model for them as exec executive people. They are so generous with the money and with the time. I think it's fantastic and, and um, kudos and accolades to them. It's wonderful that you have such a fantastic support staff around you because, you know, again, as you mentioned, it's not something you can do on your own. It's a whole team of people enabling these students to do well. But tell me, where do your students end up working after they leave university and they've graduated? They, luckily, they, the industry, they grab them before they finish the, their degree. 
most of my majority of my students in the last five years they got hunted by the industry and uh, like space machine they they have them uh, Boeing they have them Talas a lot of industry they approach them directly once they saw how the activity is through the media through that one they offered them a full-time job your your LinkedIn powers have got a duality in that it's exposing what they're doing but I'm sure you get hit up and and you get emails saying Fatma who are these people because we'd like to offer them jobs totally and this is this is the message I try to send to everyone I have a great student come have them yes <laughs> you see to my audience this is a smart lady she's just doing things on all levels yeah <laughs> tell me what what do you think of australia's role in the space sector and um what are we bringing to the table australian is australian they have a lot of challenge because the space in australia as a knowledge is not that much we are in the earlier steps compared with the other country we need a lot of um a lot of knowledge and a lot to to focus in our student, the generation. We need to focus with the new young generation to be able to, to drive this the space sector. Uh, the technology is so fast. The space here in Australia is not that much clear. It's until now, even for me, even for the other UTS, uh, uh, even the other recruitment team, the regulation is not enough covered in Australia and all the time self-initiative. So it's very challenging to be to be that much strong in the meantime. I think, um, as you mentioned, and look, I think um, money, of course, also plays a huge role in, in the development and in, in the sector. You have a few women in your team. Um, like this must be really exciting to you because I'm always looking through the photos to see like how many women are there. That's always. Uh, reach to schools and do you go and talk to kids about STEM and how important it is to have um, a career in STEM for any ladies out there, girls, like let me emphasize this again, this is what you should be looking at. It's easier to go from uh, a STEM to a humanities than it is if you make a choice in humanities to go to STEM, you know, so you have to be very careful in the subjects that you choose. We need, you need to make it simple as, as you can, because when you, when you approach the students in high school, they need to understand the concepts and they don't want them to be scared from the technology. So we start at the at Faculty of Engineering and IT at UTS, they start broadly, they start an amazing uh, solid, solid program, which is out, to outreach student. We, we send our student like teams, the recruitment team members, to the schools to make a program and to make a simple experience experiment for them to build a small rocket or build a rover or build a space vehicle or whatever. And in this way, when the high school student, they see this stuff is easy and simple, it's easy to grab them more or, or, some, uh, or enroll to the engineering. And has it been your experience that you've actually gone out and you've actually converted some of these students to come and do engineering at the university? A lot, a lot of the students, yes, a lot of students when we approach it with the outreach uh, program, uh, uh, we present we, we present uh, our project to the high school and we went to a lot of schools. When they come uh, on the first year subject, they come to me to say, Fatima, you are the one you come there or you can, uh, and that's why we come in. 
<laughs> Listen, if I was at school and you came to my school, I would also become an engineer. <laughs> you still haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but <laughs> but for you, such an inspirational model for your students and much love. Like I can see this in all the photos. I, they just absolutely adore you. Do you have a mentor? I, I had a lot of mentors um, on, on my career and all the time uh, they advised me uh, on my career path but the most great mentor was for me on my personal my dad he was all the time believing me and he all the time he believed on the decision I make all the time I was different and when I grow up I was different than the other girls the other females and all the time he said whatever you did I'm, I'm a big supporter for you don't worry and this has given me a lot of confidence and you can say I'm fearless that 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 make me to do a big project. I never I never I didn't have any fear toward any project. I'm happy to do it simply and be successful on that field because of him, just because of him. Love that. So to all the dads out there, we have to, to have daughters and sons, of course. Like I actually I actually think that's a very valuable um, statement to say to your child that I believe in you and you go and do it because of course as parents our first instinct is we want to protect our children and we you know we want to we want to make sure they don't hurt themselves or do anything so your dad must your dad is fearless he must have gone home and gone oh I hope my daughter's going to be okay but I'm very mindful of your time and your hectic schedule so um, any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave the audience with and of course where can they reach out to you if they've got any questions yeah because I care about the young engineer I, I think is investing and care of and develop our next generation we deeply down we look after ourselves and we get a happy feeling for giving when you give people you you'll be happy more than the other people you give him, give them that service. On the largest scale, we secure a healthy and safe future for everyone. And this is what everyone look for. Thank you very much. And um, if they're not following on LinkedIn, can they email you, Fatma, or is, is LinkedIn the best place to get hold of you? And approach me in any other media platform. <laughs> I love that. And, <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. Come, come to visit me. <laughs> yeah, there's your invitation. Go to UTS and become a student there. Fatma, thank you so very much for your time. I know we, I've been, we've been chasing each other for a while or I've been chasing you to say again, thank you. I know you've got a super hectic schedule. I wish you all success in the US and I hope your team just smashes it out there. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have a chat with you today. Thank you. And to our audience there, apologies. I know uh, we've been lagging in and out a little bit. We've both got internet issues, but I hope you followed most of the conversation there. Reach out to Fatma on LinkedIn. And again, um, have a super day wherever you are in the world and join me again next week for another conversation. Mm -hmm.